Welcome. So I've done this series of presentations about uh, housing and and at least my thesis on why housing prices might have gone up and, and how you should maybe on simple terms think about the rent versus buy decision. Uh, but one thing that's happened, a lot of people have said, oh, Sal, you're making oversimplifying assumptions. You're assuming interest-only loans. Um, you're not taking. You're not factoring in the tax deductions of mortgages, et cetera, of interest on your mortgage, which I did. But um, I did make some simplifying assumptions so that we could kind of do back of the envelope math and and just think about what the main drivers are when you think about renting versus buying. But it is fair. You really, um, you know, that's just kind of a first cut. You really should do a multi-line model, uh, trying to figure out what could happen to you, and then tweak your assumptions and really figure out. What's going to happen to you if housing appreciates, depreciates, if interest rates change, if you put uh, 10% down or 20% down or whatever? So with that in mind, I've constructed this model, what I call this, this is the home purchase model. And you can download it yourself and play with it. I think this will prove to be useful for you. Uh, you can download it at khanacademy.org downloads slash buy rent dot xls it's an excel spreadsheet uh, so if you have excel you should be able to access it and maybe you want to follow along while you watch this video so just khan academy dot org i don't know if you can read this on youtube downloads d o w n l o a d s slash buy rent dot xls so once you download it let me explain what what i assumed in the model um, so the yellow, what I did in yellow, both this bright yellow and this less bright yellow, is these are our assumptions. These are the things that are going to drive the model and tell us uh, whether over, and I calculated over 10 years, over 10 years whether we will do better uh, renting versus buying. So here, and, and, and so if you download this model and want to play with it yourself, just un unless you are fairly sophisticated with Excel, the only things you should change are the things in yellow. Everything else is calculated and, and it's driven by these inputs. So of course, what matters in a home? Well, the purchase price matters, right? So you just input it there. The down payment matters. You could, if you want, you can just write, you know, like I wrote 20% of whatever the purchase price is. So you can, you know, you could write your the exact number, or you could just leave it the way I did it, and whatever the uh, the down payment percentage is, it'll calculate it. This is the interest rate you assume. This is the principal amortization. So principal amortization just means, well. If I just keep paying this mortgage, after how long is the entire principal amount, not just the interest, how long is the entire principal amount going to be paid off in? So essentially, 30 year, uh, a 30-year fixed-rate loan has a 30-year principal amortization. If you have a 10-year loan, you would put 10 here. This is the property tax rate. This is what I assume, because I live in California, and in most areas of California, this, that's the property tax. This is why I assume about annual maintenance. That's just an assumption. It, uh, some houses might be less, might be more. Um, that's up for you to decide. This is housing association dues. Maybe if you live in a community that has a shared golf course or a shared pool or something, put it at zero if you don't. This is annual insurance for things like um, hazard insurance and flood insurance or earthquake insurance or whatever insurance you need where you live. And then this bright yellow, I say, what is the assumed annual appreciation of the house itself? And this is a huge assumption. That's why I made it. That's why I, I put it into this bold, this bold yellow color. Because we'll see later in this video that to some degree, to some degree, that assumption uh, is is one of the biggest drivers of the assumption. You could say that the model is very, very, very sensitive to that assumption. Here, this is your uh, assumed marginal income tax rate, and why does that matter? Well, because you can deduct your the interest that you spend on your on your mortgage, and also you can deduct actually the property tax. 
Um, so if, if you can deduct $100 in interest and property tax, if your marginal tax rate is 30%, so that means you know at, at what rate are you being taxed on every incremental dollar, if it's 30%, that, that means a $100 deduction will save you $30. If your marginal tax rate is 20%, a $100 deduction will save you $20. So that's where that comes into play. The 2%, that's general inflation. And this what, what this assumption drives is, well, there's going to be some inflation on things like housing association dues, annual maintenance, insurance. And so this, what you assume about, well, what is just the general rate of inflation? In our model, that's actually going to drive how these grow over the life of, of your loan. And then once you type in all of these things, the monthly mortgage payment is calculated. I assume that the interest compounds once a month. Um, you can, if you know your uh, geometric series, you can go in there and you can tweak it around so it compounds more frequently or less frequently. But uh, my understanding is that most mortgages compound monthly. And then this right here, so this is everything that's driving the buying a home decision. Now these assumptions are, are so that we can make a comparison to, well, what if, instead of you know, using that down payment to buy a house, what if we actually just save that down payment, put it in the bank, and rent a house instead. So this is cost of renting a similar home. This is the annual rental price inflation. Um, and I would argue to some degree that rental price inflation over the long term should not be that different than housing price inflation, because to some degree, rental is, is kind of the earnings on a, on a home. And if, and if earnings increase and the overall asset doesn't increase and your return increases, or the other way around, your return would decrease. But anyway, don't want to get too complicated. And then this is the 6%, or I just assume it's 6%, but you could you can change it. This is what you assume that you can get uh, on your cash. So if I don't if I don't put the hundred fifty thousand dollar down deposit on the home and I put it in, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm a good investor, I could put it in the stock market, maybe I can get twenty percent a year. Um, or maybe I'm really risk averse, and I, uh, you know, I put it in in government bonds, and I get four percent a year. So this is the assumption that you get in on on that, and it actually should be an after-tax return on that cash. So if I if my tax rate is thirty percent, and I think I can get ten percent in the stock market, I should actually put a seven percent here. Uh, so you know, we we want to make sure that we're completely accurate for taxes. So now let me explain the rest of the model to you. And I want to make sure that I can fit it all within this, this window. Actually, let me just squeeze this a little bit. This is doing this on YouTube is a Excel on YouTube is a new thing for me. Oh, no, that's not what I wanted to do. So let me unfreeze window, unfreeze. OK. So now I could show you the rest of the model. So all of those assumptions that we did, that drives this model. And let me freeze the window right here. Window freeze pane. Okay, that should make things a little bit easier. So this is the buying scenario up to line 40. This says, okay, at period zero, what is the home value? And and don't type in anything here. It's all automatically calculated. So at period zero, what is your home value? And then it and then it, it uses essentially the appreciation numbers, and each period is essentially a month, and I actually wrote that down here. And then it figures out what is the value of your the market value of your home. And it's completely driven by that appreciation number. This right here is the debt. 
or essentially the principal payment on your on your mortgage, or how much do you owe to the bank? And as you see, as months go by, uh, when you pay the mortgage note, and I and I show that right here, this mortgage payment, some amount of that, which is line 33, the principal paid, some of of that goes to decrease the amount you owe, and then a lot of it, especially initially, goes to be actually the interest on the amount you owe. And then obviously, when we if you've watched the the um, video on introduction to balance sheets, your equity in the home is the value of the home minus the debt, or minus what you owe the bank. So this actually calculates your equity. Or essentially, I mean, some one way to view it is actually say, well, what 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 am I worth, or what what is this investment worth to me at that point? And all of this, so these are kind of the important numbers in the home buying scenario. And it's driven by you know this interest on debt. It's calculated by what interest rate you assume times the the debt you owe in the period before. The mortgage payment, we calculated that before using our mathematical knowledge of geometric series. The, the paid principal, that's going to be the mortgage payment minus your interest. Insurance payment, it's on a monthly basis, right? So we essentially took whatever our, our annual insurance payment was, and we divided by 12, but then we grow it uh, by the rate of inflation on a monthly basis. So we took the inflation rate divided by 12, and we multiplied by each of these months. The housing association dues. That's once again, this is on a monthly basis, so we just took your assumption divided by 12. Maintenance, same thing. Property tax, same thing. Although, I assume that your house gets reassessed. So you're in a state where every year um, the, the assessor, or every several years the assessor comes and says, oh, your house is worth more now, so I'm going to raise your taxes. That's not the case in a lot of parts of California, but it's, a lot, it's the case in, in many parts of the, of the US. So actually, to some degree, this pro the dollar value of the property tax is driven by this home value assumption up here. This income tax saving from interest deduction, this is assuming that at that marginal tax rate, you can deduct the property tax and the interest on the debt. And then this is the total cash outflow after adding back the income tax savings. So this is essentially how much cash goes out the door, even after the tax saving, every month in the buying scenario. That's what that is. So hopefully that makes a little bit of sense. So what we want to do is we want to figure out, OK, you could do that. You could buy the house, put $150,000 down, um, and every month put this much out. And, and as, as you see, that, that number grows. The mortgage is the same, but a lot of these expenses grow with inflation. But I want to compare that to what happens if I take that exact amount of cash after adjusting for how much money I get back from taxes. And if I said, well, I am going to use that cash to pay my rent and any other expenses associated with renting, which really aren't much, to pay my rent and then put the rest in the bank. So what we're saying is, well, that assumption was that you could rent a similar house for $2,500. Maybe right, maybe wrong. It's up for you to play with. And, and of course, it grows with inflation slowly. Obviously, your rent doesn't increase every month, but I assume it does fairly continuously. It's a, it's a reasonable assumption, I think, although you could change it. You can make it only step up every, every year, excuse me. And then this line down here, tells us the savings while renting or how much uh, and I'm not saying the savings like from like a you know something's on sale so I save money but your savings in terms of how much you have in the bank so if you rent it instead of putting that hundred fifty thousand dollars as a down payment you could have put it in the bank so that would be your savings account at period zero and then your savings account at period one would be this amount of money and how whatever return you got it plus the difference between your cash out from buying a home and your rent so this is your savings so what I do in the video in the in the in this model, and I could show you, I could I could scroll through multiple periods. You know, this this model goes, it actually goes as far as Excel would let me. 
But the average house, if anyone who's traded mortgage bonds will tell you, the average house has a, uh, the average mortgage loan has a 10-year expected life, and because that's when, on average, people tend to move or refinance. So I, what I do is I figure out, well, given your assumptions and whatever, you can make your own assumptions. Given your assumptions, what is your home value? So let me make sure I can get to that. So given your assumptions, what this calculates is, what tells you what the home value is after 10 years, your debt after 10 years, your home equity after 10 years, and then it assumes you were to sell your house, because that's what the average American does after 10 years. And so what is the transaction cost? You pay 6% to a broker. Hopefully that won't be the case in 10 years, and the, intermediate, and, and, the, and the internet will disintermediate real estate brokers. But who knows? I apologize to you if you are a broker. Um, and, 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 and then this line, line 54, that tells you what the net cash is if you sell your house at a market price, you pay the broker. This number right here is, is much simpler to some degree. It just tells you, well, let's say you decided not to buy the house, given all your assumptions, how much would you have saved in the bank at that time? And so this number right here, this number is the difference between those two numbers in 10 years discounted back to today. Discounted back to today. And actually, I meant to present value it, but did I present value these numbers? Oh, no, I didn't. So actually, this was meant to be the present value. I'm going to correct that before you actually uh, play with the model. Right now, I just took the 10-year value. So this is the value in year 10. This is the difference between the two. The present value would be if you discount this by some discount rate, whatever you think, probably the inflation rate. And it would tell you in today's money, what is the benefit or the advantage of uh, buying versus renting. Anyway, I've spent 14 minutes of your time. I encourage you to, to download this model, uh, play with it, and then work out the assumptions. Because I think that's, that's the important thing. You know, Some people, they'll make some set of assumptions and say, aha, I, need, I, need, I should rent. Or they'll say, aha, I should buy. But they don't realize that they made some assumptions that although it looks really reasonable, you know, like let's say I make this 3% annual appreciation assumption, right? That doesn't seem crazy. But it's amazing how much it'll change the model if you make that 3% into a 1%, or if you make it you know, into, I don't know, even a negative 1% or a negative 2%. It's completely possible. It's happened before in the past um, that, that you have flat real estate prices uh, for a significant period of time, even 10 years. Um, and actually, most of the studies show that real estate over the last 100 years has actually roughly grown on real terms, maybe 1% or 2%. Um, so actually, a 1% or 2% here isn't that isn't that uh, conservative and actually, especially after a big real estate boom, um, may be prudent. So play with these assumptions, and I think it'll give you an intuition of what are the what are the real drivers. And another big thing, you know, sometimes you don't rent a similar home; you'd rent a smaller home. So that would be a different type of savings, and there are trade-offs there. But anyway, hopefully you'll find uh, this model useful. I think I think you know it, it should be when people. This is the biggest investment of their life. They should do serious analysis. Uh, when they think about how they want to approach it. And I'd like to think that this is fairly serious analysis. This is about as serious as you can get. Um, so enjoy. See you in the next video.